If you're cruising around in temperate waters on a sunny day, don't be surprised if you see a huge, flat disk floating on the surface nearby. The mola mola is a massive fish that sometimes needs a vacation to the surface to catch some rays. Not stingrays, of course. Sun rays. But why would a fish need sunshine? And why does this fish look like a weird disembodied swimming head? It's all part of the natural master plan to warm up and get rid of parasites here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a fish head. Fish heads. Roly-poly fish heads. But more on that later. We'll talk. We'll definitely talk about that more later. But today we're talking about a fish that lives in the ocean and uh, laughs at the sun. The ocean sunfish. Does it laugh at the sun? It does. Does it laugh that seems like a complicated thing. Maybe it for laughs it to do. with the sun. <laughs> just, I just laughing. This thing. Is, we're gonna talk about what it looks like. I just can't imagine a like laughter piercing this vacant expression. The, the, it's the ocean sunfish, also known by the more fun name Mola Mola. Mola Mola is fun. You'll find out why that is in a bit. Do you but have names also- for it? Yeah, I, I do have some nicknames. I mean, there's there's the boring nickname, the common mola, which is fine, I guess, if you're vanilla about it. Yeah. Um, but we could also call it the uh, the saucy saucer. That's if you're chocolate about it. Yeah, yeah, that. Well, that's <laughs> like moose tracks. <laughs> so there's some peanut butter in there. Um, or we could call it parasites lost. Okay. I, I we'll talk more about parasites later. Actually, that I, I stole that from a Futurama episode, but I loved it, so... Okay. Who, who, who wrote that? Charles Dickens? No one actually knows. That's true. It's a loss it's of a, time. It's a mystery, like the author of Hebrews. Would you like to, <laughs> would you like to uh, hear what science has to call it? Yes, I would. Uh, it's in the kingdom that you know, love, and are within uh, the kingdom Animalia. It's in the phylum you know, love, and are within the, king, the phylum Chordata. You're not in its class, though. Uh, it's in the class Actinoptergy. We've been here before. Yeah. It's fish with bones. Uh, it's in the order uh, Tetradontiformes. Tetradontiformes? I think it's Tetradontiformes. Don't inform <laughs> me about tetras. <laughs> they are easy to take care of as long as you maintain the pH balance in your fish tank. <laughs> Uh, it's in the family Molinae. It's Molidae. Oh, Molidae. Right. Okay. Get it right. <laughs> well, sometimes it's like Molinae is the order and then Molidae is the family and Molame is the whatever. And guacamole is delicious. It's in the genus Mola. It's in the species Mola. So that's the binomial name is Mola Mola. Like it, Bison Bison. Yeah. So nice they named it twice. So great he's got two first names. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the what what other cultures call it. Ooh. Because this, this is a weird boy. He's one of the weirdest boys. Uh, most languages call it a moonfish, which is odd because we call it a sunfish. Um, but it kind of looks like a, the moon, I guess, if you... I could uh, see that. If you look at it, yeah. Um in German, it's called a swimming head. Yep. Uh-huh. 
the Polish co- the in Polish it's just ahead. That's what it, or, it's called. Just ahead, or is it just called head? Or it it's it's head alone is the direct translation of the two <laughs> things, but it's really just ahead. <laughs> it's the, they're drawing attention to the fact that it has no body. It's like SpongeBob. It's just it's just ahead. You know you know, you know what else is just ahead? More interesting animal info. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Mola actually means millstone. Did you know that? So this is millstone, millstone. Did did somebody lead a child astray and then get to- and then get cut- tossed with this thing around its neck? Well, that it would be better if they did that. It would be better for sure. Some critics of this fish uh, described it as a frisbee designed by Salvador Dali. <laughs> And that makes perfect, beautiful sense. It's like that's like poetry right there. It shouldn't make sense, but it certainly does. <laughs> and uh, also, they call it a fish designed by a government committee. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, very good. It has, it, it has. It clearly there was a lot of input from a lot of uh, t- too many cooks in the kitchen when this thing was put together. <laughs> Uh, but since we're in the business of naming things, did you have something to say? Nope. Oh. Since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups, where I pose to you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time, and that's, what is the name of the collective noun for this animal? Or, uh, what is the name of the, uh, for, like, just for a group of them? Um... Otherwise known as the term of venering. So, speaking of Joe, that, is- uh, the podcast, uh, somebody from the podcast, there's two people in it, the The podcast, Just the Zoo of Us, uh-huh. which is a good name. I like it. It's a good name. That is a very good one. Uh, they, they said they, they gave us a shout out on their podcast because you taught them that term, the terms of venering, and they didn't know it. Neither did oh, I, really? to be honest. Just the zoo of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Now that song's gonna be stuck in my head. Yep. I might end up ac- accidentally singing it further on in this episode. So, but anyway, thanks uh, for shouting us out. Just the zoo of us. Just the zoo of us all. So, Joe, what do you call a group of mola molas? Would would you call it a a formation of mola? Would you call it B, a coalescence of Mola? Would you call it C, a school of Mola? Or would you call it D, a guac of Mola? Very good. Very, very nice. D, yeah, I, I can't. I'm tempted to go with D because it's delicious. G- <laughs> D stands for delicious. That's why I put it there. Um, I'm gonna, I mean, it's gotta be a school, right? They're fish. I'm going with school. Final answer. Final answer, not guac. Not guac. You sure? Yeah. Oh, ding, ding, ding. You're correct. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, this was, the more we do fish, this was a rough the, one. we're going to run out of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some fish have specific ones, but there are just so many different kinds of fish, and most of them are in schools, mm-hmm. which is good because otherwise we'd have to send truancy officers after them. <laughs> Ugh. Maybe they're homeschooled. Uh, not these guys. They, they roam around. Anyway, the guacamole joke was was not mine. It was from the Monterey Bay Aquarium Twitter feed. So props to whoever runs their Twitter feed for coming up with that. Props indeed. Would you are are we ready to hear what this thing looks like? Yeah, to yeah. The best it, of my ability. 
I mean, everyone just needs to brace themselves a little bit and definitely look it up when they have the chance. Yeah, so the sunfish is extremely odd looking and difficult to explain, but I will try. Uh, so take a fish head, only the head, uh, slap on short, long, rounded uh, caudal fin. Uh, it's not actually a caudal fin. It's actually called a clavus. Um, and then s- stick on very long dorsal and anal fins and then tell it something shocking. <laughs> and there you go. You have a mola mola. Yeah. So it, it's this very like odd fish shape. It's so odd that it could be mistaken for a sea turtle that's swimming sideways. Cause it's got it's this some- like flat, broad body with long, these two long fins. It sometimes swims sideways, so it looks like a sea turtle that's swimming normally. That's true. So it can be easily mistaken for a sea turtle. Plus, they sometimes go after the same favorite food. More on that later. Uh, they come in silver, gray, white, and mottled patterns. You might find these um, in temperate or tropical waters as ocean-dwelling things are wont to uh, live in. Uh, and they live in both the Atlantic and the Pacific. That's good. It's expanding. Yeah. Is there anything else in terms of what it looks like that all the people that are driving and cannot Google this right now need to know? It looks like it's processing the end of the sixth sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At all times. Or, or it's just thinking about Inception. <laughs> no, that's that's more of a that would be more of a pensive. That's true. You're st- you, the end of Inception is like a thinker. You got and and it's still up in the air. It, uh, the sixth sense isn't ambiguous, but it is a shocker. So true. Okay. Well, it, it's it's worth noting that like it looks like two of their fins, the one that's right in the top and one that's right on the bottom, t- both are towards the back. Two of them look super overdeveloped, and the rest of them look underdeveloped. So it's like uh, it looks like it doesn't. It, it, it just looks like a bad drawing of a fish. <laughs> Basically, if if you are... Yeah, it, look, it does look like a, a child's drawing of a fish. Um, but basically, if, you, you know, if you're not driving, take your, take your hands and place, place them on top of each other with your thumbs sticking out, with your fingers all lined up, one, your, your palm on the back of your other hand. So your thumbs are sticking out in opposite directions. There, you've basically got the whole fish. Yeah, because you're doing the awkward sea turtle. Yeah. And these and things is, look similar exact, to sea turtles. This is a very awkward sea turtle. <laughs> uh, speaking of awkward, would you like to, <laughs> to dive right into the listener's favorite part of the show? Oh, awkward doesn't even begin to describe it, but sure. <laughs> okay, measure up. Welcome to the beloved measure up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. Part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have any new intros this week. That means we get to no. hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Great. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay, you you heard that? You got that? Yeah, it sounds like a Beyblade. It's it, falling over. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, is it a a rhinoceros beetle? 
B, a hummingbird, C, a crow, or D, a playing card in a bicycle spoke? I'm going to go with C, crow. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. Oh, I'm sure it. a crow could mimic this, but it is a rhinoceros beetle. Uh, I knew it wasn't a hummingbird, but and I've never heard of a rhinoceros beetle making sounds. So, well, it's uh, it's it's wing beats. I mean, I know that um, the the one from Bugs Life makes like huge helicopter sounds, but that's it's because, basically you know, that. Yeah, they're ants. Um, uh, links to that video on ldtaxonomy.com. Uh, let's jump right into length. Uh, they can grow to 2.5 meters or 8.2 feet uh, from fin to fin. So fin tip to fin tip. They're a lot of times like as as wide as they are long, if that makes any sense because of these fins. But... A lot of times, the from fin tip to fin tip, they're longer than they are, or they're wider than they are long. I guess it would be taller, technically, not wide. Yeah, it would, it would be its height. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's its height. Fin to fin, 8.2 feet. How many, huge. How many sunfish go into the diameter of the smallest known sun or star? Huh. Here's a hint. The smallest star is a red dwarf called Ogle, TR, uh, 122b. It lives in a binary stellar system. Oh, does that mean there are two? It's one of two stars? Yeah, in its system. That, that ro- rotate, that orbit around each other. Um, So ta- Tatooine's probably somewhere nearby. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I, I actually have no way of even beginning to guess this. Would you like another hint? Sure. It's roughly the same size as uh, Jupiter. Jupiter's the big one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was either between... Yes, yeah, yes, yes, Joey. J- Jupiter's the big one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about the same size as Jupiter. I think it's a little tiny bit bigger. Its mass is a lot more than Jupiter. But right, such is the nature of a gas. star. I mean, a, a star a is gassy also planet. all gas. Um, uh, that helps a little bit. Not like a ton, but in the diameter, you said? Yeah, we're looking for diameter. I've got, I still have no idea. I don't know how big Jupiter I know Jupiter is very big, and that's about a, the, that's the extent of my knowledge. Do you know how um, the diameter of Earth? E- no. It's like 7,000 miles, I think. No, I think it's so. more than that. I think it's like fourteen, at least. Well, um, then maybe anyway, I'm, I'm just gonna guess. I'm gonna guess into the what? I'm gonna guess into the blue. Yeah, it's seven seven thousand nine hundred seventeen miles is the diameter of Earth. Which and it doesn't matter because I don't know how many times Earth goes into Jupiter. I know it's less than a million because that's how many times it goes into the Sun in volume. So, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say fifty billion. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, fish is your final answer feet. yes 50 billion fish okay which means what is that 400 billion 400 ish billion feet uh the cur- which, would you like to know the answer yeah 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 tell me the answer the answer the, that's incorrect the correct answer <laughs> is 133 million 
Oh my goodness. 633,580 fish. The the star ogle is 334,000 kilometers or 207 miles and change. 207,000? Yes, 207,000 miles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, that was um that was horrifying. Thank you for astronomical dimensions. It's You're been welcome. a while. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, let's talk about the weight. Older adults can weigh 200 and, 247 to 1,000 kilograms or 545 to 2,205 pounds. Uh, let's call that 2,000 pounds, uh, a nice little ton. Um how many sunfish can you stack on a Toyota Tundra's tailgate before the support cables snap? Toyota Tundra's tailgate. Toyota Tundra's tra- tailgate. Toyota Tundra's tailgate. Um, well, here's a hint. Like most trucks, the tailgate is supported by two stainless wire ropes. The tensile strength of these cables is far greater than the safe working capacity of the tailgate. Meaning... Other things will break, like the hinges or where the cable is connected to the truck, uh, before the cable snaps. So don't go putting on a bunch of sunfish onto your tailgate thinking, oh, the tensile strength of these things is good. It's The rest of the truck's going to break. But the tensile strength of these cables is what we're looking for. Ten. Ten fish? Yes. That's 20,000 pounds. The 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 correct answer is a little more than two fish. Oh, uh, the breaking, I severely us- underestimated the Toyota Tundra. <laughs> the breaking strength. Make of, a better product. The, the breaking strength of these cables is four thousand two hundred pounds, but the the safe working capacity of the tailgate is around eight hundred pounds. Well, then I know what. Uh, truck not to get if I ever start a mola mola business. Well, it, you're gonna have a hard time finding a truck that doesn't use these exact cables because it, it seems like it's pretty ubiquitous. Uh, um, okay, that's it. You did it. You got through it. I mean, you didn't do well, but you got through I, it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> this that was, was one of the worst ones. ones. I went for astronomical things and tensile strength, which we've never done. Yeah, and I also just didn't do any. Head math? Est- estimation, really. It was guess into the blue. <laughs> uh, are you ready for some fast facts? But that's a really big fish. Yeah, 2,000 pounds. It, 2,000 pounds and 8 feet tall. It's like a, well, it's like a big fish. <laughs> yeah. It's like a big shark. It is the largest bony fish. Huh. Yeah. Let's get into fast facts. Baby sunfish look like suns. If you're a sunfish, you have a sun that looks like a sun. Or or at least a child's drawing of a sun. The sunfish have suns that look like suns? They yeah. have sun suns. Yeah. Uh, so they have like circular little bodies with triangle fins going off in pretty much every direction from its from the radius. So it's like, it looks like a sun. Some are, are a little bit like oddly shaped, but some are like almost perfectly round. But it's it's interesting. Uh, sunfish grow incredibly quickly and a lot. Uh, like I said, they're the largest bony fish species. To find bigger fish, you have to turn to chondrichthys. Do you remember what that is? Those are sharks. Those are sharks. 
they apparently grow to uh, grow the most of any vertebrate, up to sixty million times their hatchling size. I guess it makes lot. sense. Elef- elephants are really big, but their calves are pretty big too. Yeah, same, same. with whales. And My stuff. calves are huge. Uh, <laughs> one. Mola Mola at the Monterey Bay Aquarium grew 373 kilograms, or it's all that rollerblading. 822 pounds in 15 months. Imagine packing on 822 pounds in a little, a little over a year. No, I think I'd die. Yeah, probably. They like to eat jellyfish, like sea turtles, which puts them at risk of eating plastic bags, like sea turtles. So stop throwing plastic bags in the ocean. That's not where they go. They go in a drawer, never to be seen or heard from again. No, they go into a drawer so that you can pack your lunch the next day. That's right, yeah. And, and then throw then, it away somewhere no, else. No, no, then bring it back home and do it again and never do it again. <laughs> you, you're, you, those are yours forever now. You only use one plastic bag until it gets a hole and then you just switch. You, you tape that hole up and you continue using that plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they are considered generalists, which means they eat a wide variety of fish, squid, and crustaceans. Crustacean. Uh, it was once theorized that they were poor swimmers because they look so weird. But, and they thought that they just drifted with currents. But young sunfish are actually very quick swimmers, despite their bizarre body shape. Um, larger sunfish are slower, but they can still get around. They still yeah, ma- people ma- actually ma- used to... Th- they maintain their mobility like uh, somebody in a rascal. Yeah, they can get around, but just not, not as great. fast as they used to. People used to actually think that these things were plankton. Yeah, a type of plankton. They did, yeah, they didn't seem to move around on their own. Yeah, because they don't. They didn't seem to move against the current. They seem to be just taken with it, which is it's just crazy that anybody thought that 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 this massive gaping fish was a type plankton. of plankton. I mean, what does a plankton make? Because then certain jellyfish species don't move on their own. They just go with the, I guess, are those plankton as well? I, maybe they are. Well, um, zooplankton are actually jellyfish adjacent. related to the gel. Yeah, they're, je- they're related to the jellyfish. Um, so mobility is like the only thing keeping a jellyfish from being zooplankton. <laughs> well, some jellyfish, some do not. Some are just drifters. Out on a lonely road. Uh, They can live up to 10 years in captivity. uh, And the size of adults makes them uh, not so vulnerable to predation, except for by humans and very, very large, like sharks, I guess. Um, But when they're small, they can be eaten by tuna and other larger fish species. Um, But yeah, that's all I got for fast facts. Well, it's good. I mean, they're, they're... Eaten in mass as eggs and hatchlings. You know what else is eaten in mass? Eucharist. Uh, oh, I was going to say wafer bread. <laughs> <laughs> the mola mola, female mola mola will lay 35 million eggs at a time, which makes up for the fact that they die a lot, which is like the most eggs ever. <laughs> I don't know if it's the most eggs ever, but that's 35 million. Well, when that's you're crazy. huge and you can lay very small eggs and have very small hatchlings you know you have that in you <laughs> you got you got the storage space yeah um, you have the towing capacity they also seem to not have mo, mo, adult mola molas seem to not have um they 
they think they don't have pain receptors maybe because they're often snacked on and they don't seem to care dang that means they don't have gain receptors either gain <laughs> no pain no gain Oh, <laughs> they have yeah! No pain. I saw something like a sea lion like munching on it. Yeah, Wouldn't and it's really just get... like, it's like thank you for paying attention to me. That's all it said. <laughs> I heard it. It just like scratches. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It was just it was just happy to be included. Um, and then it just w- goes on its way with because uh, I think sea lions are are uh, particularly sadistic. They just like to. Rip them apart and not actually eat them, but sometimes they eat them. They're just easy targets mm. for for bullies, for ocean sea bullies. And Orcas. I've got one last fast fact, and that's that Japanese shoguns in the 17th century used to accept mola molas as payment for taxes. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's like, excuse me. Uh, I don't, I don't have my taxes this year. Just a terrible crop. I did catch a two thousand pound fish, though. Um, should I just bring it in the back, or <laughs> do you want it? I'm. Mean, there's eighteen well, people holding it up outside, and, and I they just, were like, I just, "Absolutely, you should." <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a seventeenth century refrigerator prepared just for these kinds of tax payments. <laughs> And he, it's a little—it's a little bit too much. So his tax return is like the eyeballs of the fish or something. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the major fact. So we, you talked a little bit about the the babies, um, but let's talk about why ocean sunfish are called ocean sunfish. There's one of two reasons. One, they're babies, which are actually called fries. Yeah, baby fish or fries. I've so heard that. Their fries look like little ten-pointed suns with giant eyeballs um, attached. Like you said, that's, I think that's where small fry comes from. But the a better, or an, another theory for why they're called ocean sunfish, or another just reason they could be called ocean sunfish for both reasons. Um, but they regularly sunbathe on the surface by just lying sideways and floating around. So you don't usually see fish lying on their side floating on the surface unless they're dead. So mm-hmm. why does the mola mola do it? And there are a couple theories to this, because this is a heavily under-researched animal, despite how heavy it is, and how slow it is. Like We should be easily be able to research these guys, and there's a lot of them. So, g- get on this, zoologists. They're not that elusive. <laughs> they, they swim at three miles an hour. <laughs> um, so... It actually sp- it doesn't spend most of its time on the surface. It just does this occasionally. Um, it actually spends most of its time 2,000 feet below the surface, which can get pretty cold uh, because it likes to eat those 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 jellies from down under. Uh, so when it when it dives down 2,000 feet, uh, it gets pretty cold down there because it's really far away from the sun, which warms it up. It, and if the uh, mola mola stays in water that's colder than 54 degrees Fahrenheit for too long, it could die. So rather than die, it chooses to come back up to the surface and warm itself up on a, on a, on a sunny afternoon, just rolling with the doldrums. <laughs> so that's one theory. The second is because it doesn't have any scales and instead has skin that is covered in mucus, uh, its huge body is home to 40 different kinds of parasites. Love parasites. They're just great. Love talking about them. 
Wish I had more, honestly. <laughs> but uh, most of these parasites are, are different kinds of worms, ocean worms that attach themselves to the outside and even the inside of its body since its big, dumb, gaping mouth can't actually physically close all the way. So that's why it always looks surprised because it's physically incapable of closing its mouth and uh, things can literally worm their way in there. Uh, so to get rid of these parasites, I, I would do literally anything um, and so would the mola. So sometimes it, it manages to just muster up enough speed <laughs> from its three mile, three mile an hour uh, cruising speed to a small burst that allows it to jump out of the water. And, you know, splash back in and hopefully dislodge anything that's attached to it. And the, the only time that this gentle giant has ever injured anyone is because it jumped into a boat. This mm. thing the size of a cow, a giant cow, just jumps out of the water and into your boat. Well, that, Somebody's going to get hurt. It was probably not the cow-sized ones. It was probably more like a um, dog-sized one, but... No, the adult one, the full-size, full-grown ones can, can jump out of the water. They don't mm. as often, but they can. Mm. Oh, you don't believe me? I don't. <laughs> I saw it in a... I forgot the name of the YouTube series that talks about animals. The one with the girl with the... Who draws? Yes, that one. Dang it. I forget it too. They also have... So in order to get rid of the... Another way to get rid of the parasites is they also have half moon and angelfish swim up and eat parasites off of them. Um, but that's that's sometimes not enough. Those Those... Uh, Half Moon and Angelfish sometimes aren't tenacious enough to get the parasites off. So for the really tough parasites, this is where the sunbathing comes in. The um, Mola Mola will allow birds on the surface to float over and pick at them. Just pick the stuff off. Like a lot of animals do this. uh, Crocodiles allow birds to pick things out of their teeth. And um, a lot of large mammals will allow birds to, to keep flies and other um, parasites and things off of them so uh, and it's a good symbiotic relationship although it's not always symbiotic because sometimes the birds peck out the fish's eye so unfortunate it, it's it's not like you scratch my back I'll scratch yours it's I'm far too big for you to actually kill so do your worst ow that hurt <laughs> that was pretty bad yeah I'm gonna rethink this um, I'm going to go dive down 2,000 feet and rethink my life. <laughs> uh, the, um, the YouTube channel is Animal Logic. Animal Logic, yeah. That's a good resource uh, that I sometimes use for my major facts. Um, also, when it's up in, uh, there on the surface, drying out and UV radiation sometimes just kills off the parasites that way. So it it has a lot of uh, measures for getting getting rid of these parasites. And one particular parasite is the shark tapeworm, which is interesting because it only reproduces in sharks. So why is it attached to the mola mola? Well, it lodges inside the slow-moving mola mola because it, it's sometimes it's difficult to getting in, inside a shark. So in, in the hopes that a shark will eat the mola mola and then it can just then that's how it can get inside the shark and then it can reproduce and restart the process. So it's dependent on this host animal in order to get to another host animal. Mm. I hate, I hate parasites, (laughs) (laughs) but because it doesn't have scales and instead has skin, the mola mola can actually get sunburned while laying there, which isn't, you know, 
the worst thing that could happen, obviously, we could get its eyes pecked out, but um, it's not comfortable, I imagine. Unless it doesn't have pain receptors, and then I guess it doesn't care. That's true. Well, I mean, it, it might care about not being able to see out of that side anymore. No, it doesn't care about the sunburn. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah, until it gets like, can it get melanoma? I don't know. Dogs can. can. Did you know that? I did know that. Gotta, gotta sunscreen your dogs. <laughs> just coach your dog in sunscreen. Just this, that, that sounds really like ba- a bad idea. Uh, you, it would probably be better off putting on a little like white shirt if you have a black dog. A little white shirt on him. Yeah. Or just pants. don't shave your dog. Let, let, the ha- let the hair block the UV radiation. Or just give him UV, UV radiation in small doses. Small trips to the dog park. Yeah, but that's all I got. Quite a fish. That that is the well. It's actually just just a head. It's not quite a fish. Fish head. Quite quite a fish head. So for you out there in podcastian, take some time off, get your tan on, and do whatever you can about topical and intestinal parasites like the mola mola here in life, death, and taxonomy. Solid advice. I li- I try to give solid advice. <laughs> hey everyone, Carlos here. It's the end of season eleven. Thank you to everyone who has helped us make this show the best that it can be. First, we'd like to thank everyone who sent in Measure Up intros. Also, thank you to The Honey Badger for leaving an awesome review for us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Brian for creating the amazing art for each episode, which you can see on ldtaxonomy.com. And thank you to Johanna for our sweet new cover art. As always, I'd like to thank my wife, Bibby, who has allowed me to spend part of every week working on this podcast. And finally, thank you to everyone who listens to this show. Just knowing you're out there waiting on the next installment of Animal Facts is what keeps us going every week. Your continued support is truly appreciated. So that's it for Season 11, but that just means that a new set of 10 animals is right around the corner. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with more interesting animal info. favorite in the world podcast (laughs) okay well i know a new thing now